Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are ready to read 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Now this is Paul's second letter to the people at Thessalonica. Now remember that was like the capital city of Macedonia or maybe northern Macedonia. You know I've forgotten and geography is not my strongest point. But Macedonia was basically northern Greece, okay? <laughs> and they were the capital city out there. Um, nonetheless, so these folks were being, they were being somewhat persecuted and all for their faith. And uh, this is another letter where Paul, especially here in this first chapter, you're going to see where Paul, um, he commends them, praises them for their, um, what would you say, perseverance for their uh their perseverance. So let's begin. This again is 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, and I am reading in the Amplified Bible. Paul, Silvanus, Silas, it says in parentheses here, so I think that Silas is Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace, inner calm and spiritual well-being from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always, and indeed are morally obligated, as those in debt, to give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, as is fitting because your faith is growing ever greater, and the unselfish love of each one of you toward one another is continually increasing. Therefore we speak of you with pride among the churches of God for your steadfastness, your unflinching endurance and patience and your firm faith in the midst of all the persecution and crushing distress which you endure. There's the persecution I mentioned. This is a positive proof of the righteous judgment of God, a sign of his fair verdict, so that you will be considered worthy of his kingdom for which indeed you are suffering. For after all, it is only just for God to repay with distress those who distress you, and to give relief to you who are so distressed, and to us as well when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in a flame of fire, dealing out full and complete vengeance to those who do not seek to know God, and to those who ignore and refuse to obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus by choosing not to respond to him. These people will pay the penalty and endure the punishment of everlasting destruction banished from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes to be glorified in his saints on that day that is glorified through the changed lives of those who have accepted him as Savior and have been set apart for his purpose and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed and trusted and confirmed in your lives. So I want to pause there for a minute. That is a long, <laughs> that is a long sentence, a long, well maybe it's more than one sentence, but nonetheless it was a long thing that I, I feel all that really goes well together. And uh, just notice that Paul is speaking of, you know, you know, he's again, he's commending them for their steadfastness and saying how their, um, <clears throat> their standing firm in faith in the midst of persecution is just is just proof, you know, uh, just a sign that uh, of a proof of God's righteous judgment, you know, that they will be worthy of His kingdom. It's just proof, you know, that they are they are worthy 
uh, in the fact that they are staying faithful to God even during these hard times. Now, some of us in hard times, and I will say that I've probably been one in the past, um, in other years, younger years, um, sometimes hard times, pressing times, pressure would cause me to make more mistakes, to fall away more, and it would take more for me to come back. I, I just admit that was a failing of mine um, when I was younger, and it, it took time for me to see that that was a problem. And uh, But here these people are standing firm through persecution, through hard times, through trouble. And, uh, and then he talks about it being just for God to repay those who distress them. So, you know, and there's two ways I think of this, because he does mention at the end of time where, the Lord is going to come back, and because they've rejected the Lord, they're going to take that punishment of, you know, not being with God, of the, the everlasting destruction. Um, but also, I think of it as, you know, they're distressing them, causing them trouble. Well, if you think of the godly principle, the law, I think of it as a spiritual type of law, of you reap what you sow, when you're sowing trouble on other people, that's going to come upon you at some point. You know, you're going to reap that at some point. So, so I think of that, like I say, two ways. I think of at the current, in this time on this earth now, you're going to reap that, you know, unless you get forgiveness from God and, and you repent. And then, um, and then at the end of time, also, when the Lord returns i think of that as the end of time maybe maybe i shouldn't say it that way if that's not uh you know but when the lord returns the day of the lord's return um you know when he separates us out then they will you know, they will be on the wrong side of that and, and we don't we really don't want anybody to experience that that's one thing when we read this on one hand we should be happy that that we will be included to go with the lord but I'm always saddened to think about other people and they're not going to be included. And I I think that's the right way to think about it. I don't think we should ever be happy that people are going to suffer that eternal punishment. And just a thought. I mean, I just, you know, I think like God wants everyone to know him and to be saved. I think we should think the same way. Matter of fact, I'm sure that's correct now that I've said that because that is, that is what uh, he himself says. Yeah, that's said in Timothy, and we'll see that when we get there. So let's continue on with verse 11. We're almost done. This is a short chapter, so I'm sorry. I've kind of, I've inadvertently stretched this out. With this in view, we constantly pray for you that our God will count you worthy of your calling to faith and with his power fulfill every desire for goodness and complete your every work of faith so that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you by what you do and you in him, according to the precious grace of our Lord and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that is the end of this chapter. It's a small chapter. This is a small letter, really. Um, so, you know, here Paul is just talking about what he prays for them. If we pay attention, I was thinking this the other day, and I, I need to really remember this. I should go through and, and find all these. But if you pay attention to where Paul says he's praying for others, we should like, pull all those out and look at what he's praying for everyone. That's the kinds of things we should be praying for other people. 
and I really need to do a study of that. <laughs> I don't know if I will get time, but that's something to really look at, because look at what he's praying here. He's praying that God will count them worthy, that he will fulfill every desire for goodness and complete their every work of faith so that Jesus will be glorified in them. And uh, anyway, it's just nice prayers. It's very good prayers. And uh, I can't think of many, you know, there's the Lord's Prayer, so I trust Jesus and his example. But if we look and pay attention, I think I think Paul actually gives us more examples of of good prayers and something we should pay attention to. Just a thought, just throwing it out there. It's something I need to look into myself. So, all right. So that is Second Thessalonians chapter one. So I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a terrific day. Uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. Remember, God loves you.